BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Our episode featuring Breaking Beauty news, what products we're loving and not so much, plus insider hair, makeup, and skin tips. And the trends that are blowing up our DMs, we've got the hot takes coming right up. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. We've got a glow down today. Hi, guys. What's up, Carlene? What's up? We (laughs) have a superpower in the house today. And, you know, one of those guests where I'm just like, what have I been doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) So it's none other than Jacqueline Johnson. And she's the CEO of Create and Cultivate, which we know is a millennial girl's dream. It's really the guidebook these days to being a woman in the workforce. Yeah. And so Jacqueline has written a book called Work Party. She has a podcast of the same name. And on her podcast, she's had everyone from Tan France to Ashley Graham as guests. Definitely some heavy hitters. She's all about redefining the modern workforce for millennial women. In her own words, she's, quote, the internet's work wife. Yeah. So she's there to give you advice. And mm-hmm. with Create and Cultivate, you know, she started this conference back in 2012. And it's really about connecting people. IRL. In real life mm-hmm. and having people on the panels who are truly inspiring. So, you know, she's had Jen Atkin and Chrissy Teigen and Kim Kardashian and some beauty founders who we know and love, like Anastasia Soiree. She's been on our podcast, of course. So I think they're just like super fun to go to. They're experiential. You got to do lots of fun stuff, but you learn and you connect as well. You know, she's just hosted her first ever self-care summit, which is Mm -hmm. why one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to her on a beauty podcast. And, you know, I really do do think that the time is now like self-care is so integral to a lot of people's well-being like you need to practice self-care but it goes part and parcel with being an entrepreneur and trying to figure out this thing called work this balance that everyone talks about and you're trying to achieve yeah and I think at the same time people are capitalizing on the wellness industry so much so you know when you're thinking about people's side hustles and entrepreneurship which is a huge part of her audience and fan base a lot of them are interested in wellness Mm -hmm. and so that particular event was just this past weekend in LA. And I think some of the activations sounded really fun. Like you could do a live with less class Mm -hmm. or learn about cannabis culture. You could take ukulele lessons. That was fun. I'm like so (laughs) bummed I missed that one. (laughs) Which is all about music therapy. And of course, on the beauty front, um, they had pop-ups from like Biosance and they had a braid bar. You could get a B12 shot. We gotta go the next time. Yeah. Oh, hit me with the B12. I know. All day long. That's all I'd need. 
eat like yeah. create and <laughs> CNC, create and cultivate. I listen to a panel, maybe learn how to make a new salad. Boom, B12, I'm out the door. Yeah, get to- a little tarot card reading. I would. You guys all know how much at Breaking Beauty, we're big, big fans of founders. Our hashtag is founders rule. And we know that a lot of you are entrepreneurs. Um, of course, we had a survey recently yeah. and we know that a lot of you are business owners, whether you're estheticians mm-hmm. and you own your own salon or you are an up and coming content creator. Remember when we met that um, one listener in Texas and she did lash extensions yeah. all day long and she listens to our podcast. Yeah. She was like, it's something for me to do while yeah. I'm working on my clients. We've heard, we've gotten a lot of DMs like that. Yeah, absolutely. So we tapped Jacqueline to give us her stellar advice on how to win in the work world, whether you're your own boss, you're working for the man, you've got a side hustle going whatever you're doing to get that cheddar. Get that bread, baby. Um, And she's going to talk to us about how to brand yourself because I just think it's such a huge part of the workforce today, whether you're talking about personal branding or branding a business that you want to create. And finally, stay tuned until the end when Jacqueline and myself bond over the most cherished item in our wardrobes. She's crazy. Super stylish as well. So if people aren't that familiar with Create and Cultivate, maybe you can give a little 30 second elevator pitch what it's all about. Yeah. So we are an online platform and offline event series for women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. So what that really means is we host really large scale conferences. We host smaller bespoke events like what we're doing tonight. We have a podcast, we have a book and we have content on our site. That's for the modern working woman. I love how you say we, but really you're the mastermind behind it all. (laughs) We, I mean me. (laughs) And so how many do you have a year now? Because I know they're in various different cities. You were saying you travel a lot and how many people show up these days? So for the conferences, we're doing two a year and it's over a thousand women. Um, We just hosted our New York conference and then we'll be doing San Francisco September 21st, which I'm really excited about as well. We've never gone to San Fran. We've done Los Angeles quite a bit, Um, but New York was epic. I mean, we had Martha Stewart as our keynote. It was like so So cool. Ashley Graham. It's just like a one day party. It's so much fun. You've had so many big names. Like I know you had Kim Kardashian and Chrissy Teigen. Like how do you land these people? So um, a lot of cold emails and a lot of follow up. Like a good example is Martha Stewart. I'd been outreaching to her team for over four years. So just, you know, borderline stalking, but like a ton, a ton of follow-up. And like the thing about people who are obviously of that caliber, it's not going to work out on the first try. You know, their schedules are insane. And same thing with Kim. Like we were working on Kim for years Mm -hmm. and then it aligned with her schedule. Like, you know, everything sort of came together. And it's also like friend of a friend connection recommendations, because if you, you know, you can go direct to publicist or direct to manager and yeah, sometimes that will work out and it's like the stars align. And they will be like $1 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or (laughs) there'll be like a million dollars and you're like, cool, thanks, bye. Um, But I think it's also one of those things that we've been really lucky. And I kind of tell this to everyone is like, we've had great word of mouth amongst influential people. So we've had a good example is Sophia Rossi, who was the founder of Hello Giggles, Mm -hmm. keynoted one of our conversations with Hillary and Catherine, who started Click Media. And Sophia was like, oh my God, my friend Nicole should speak at your conference. I'm like, Nicole who? She's like, Richie. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Cool. Um, And then literally Nicole Richie called me. She's like, this is Nicole Richie. I'm like, ah! Um, But like things like that, where you have influential people who are, you know, have a good experience on site, first and foremost, found it was beneficial to their business or brand. And then they can pay it forward by giving you that connection or intro. I think that's really what has been helpful for us in, in putting it forward. And then ironically, Kim was like, oh my God, my friend should do this with me. And I'm like, who's your friend? Chrissy Teigen. I'm like, look, your friend's invited. We're doing it. <laughs> so that's how that happened. And then it was like, oh my God, Jen should interview her, Jen Atkin. It was like, you know, they all 
are actually very supportive yeah. of women-owned businesses. Yeah. So, you know, I think people want to help. And I think also getting past the barrier of, and like, look, I have an agent. I don't want to say agents are bad, but I think it's like that layer is a little bit hard to penetrate when you're yeah. first starting out. But like, if you can get to the talent in some way, shape right. or form, like they're down, like they want to do these things. And just make that connection. Okay. Taking <laughs> yeah, notes. Yeah, taking notes from, <laughs> from, we're creating and cultivating right now. So at the New York conference that you just had, you had a lot of amazing people from the beauty world on a panel. So there was Anastasia Soiree from Anastasia Beverly Hills. She's been on our show. Um, you had Holly, the founder of Super Goop. So want well, to get her on the show. Yeah, she's she's on our hit list, our, our want Holly. list. I can make an intro. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is how it all happens. This is all how it goes down. Super Goop is the best partner. I love them so much. They've been a partner of Crate and Cold Dates for a long time. I genuinely am obsessed with the products. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I just like, wondered, I very excited. I was just wondering about like that group of founders. There's so yes. many powerful beauty women on one panel. Like what, what was the biggest takeaway? Yeah. I mean, that panel was lit for sure. And we had so many amazing women that, you know, I mean, look, Anastasia like sold her brand for billions of dollars or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's insane. And she was there like meet and greeting with people. And I think that's so incredible. And, you know, we also had um, Jamie from Schmidt's Natural yeah. who sold her company. And like, and so the thing about beauty is like, it's in such an interesting space right now where mm -hmm. like people are starting these incredible companies. They're selling them for a lot of money um, or they're just successful in their own right. And I think like what was so amazing about that panel was it had every kind of person in that industry. So like you had Cindy Ramirez from Chill House. So like the wellness side of things. And then you had Lillette, who's like an influencer who has a beauty line. like And Lisa Price. And Lisa Price. Yeah. If you've never heard Lisa Price speak, I mean, it's wild. I She was on my book tour and I interviewed her and I just like, I wish I didn't have to ask. I was just like, all I want to do is listen to you talk. Her story is insane. Yeah, she's another one for the podcast. Founder yes. of uh, Carol's Daughter. Founder of yeah. Carol's Daughter. Yeah. Again, sold her business, but is still on board as like the creative director. Look, like everyone wants to get into this space. So that panel was packed. Mm -hmm. And I think the takeaways are really just like, you know, being authentic to your brand, like, and then, you know, kind of going in with your niche, you know, with Anastasia's brows mm -hmm. at the beginning and then like kind of spiraled into this massive empire. You know, Supergoop came in really like specifically in the, you you know, SPF market. Now they're expanding yeah. into like more like shadows and things like that. So I think it's just, you know, kind of listening to these incredible women and hearing their story about building a product-based business, mm -hmm. which I think is what everyone's trying to get into right now. Who do you think? So I don't know how much you pay attention to the beauty. So well, you do, you were mentioning a lot of um, brand intel about beauty brands. Who's winning in your opinion, aside from Glossy? Glossy, we know you're winning, but who else are you just like, they're doing it right. I have to say Supergoop. I feel like yeah. they do a really yeah. good job on social. Totally. And I think it's really like those, like you said, those younger, like kind of brands that are going after that demo. Like I would say like a Lime Crime or whatever. Like those are the ones that always pop up organically in yeah. my feed because they're so social first. Yeah. And keeping it fun, right? Keeping it fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. the collabs, like I'm always like into seeing like a new collab or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, yeah. Even though I feel like it's a little collab fatigue lately. Yeah, like yeah. we're like, oh my God, everyone has a line. Yeah. Everyone has a thing. And then I would also say just like the classics, like Bobby Brown. I really love their products. Like I think they do a really good job on keeping the brand consistent and finding the right ambassadors and mm -hmm. like being really smart and strategic about that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Hmm. 
Hmm. Is there any beauty brand on your radar that if you were like working maybe your your old gig or you'd like, I'd love to workshop this brand or bring it back to life or give it a 2.0? Any, anybody that you see, they're like, oh, they Ooh. just, they could just do this so and they would potential. be, yeah, yeah, they could pop off. Well, it's funny because it's like, I feel like all the like 90s beauty brands that we all like loved and grew up with, like could make such a strong comeback right yeah. now because I feel like everyone's in that, like the wet and wilds or yeah. like, you know, whatever it is. So I feel like those, there's a huge opportunity there for like those brands to kind of come back but yeah. yeah I mean I feel like any of those sort of like OG brands right now could be really fun to kind of bring back and, and so reinvent and, yeah. their, and their spokesperson could be someone from those shows that exactly. are being rebooted like the hills and isn't a 90210 yes, well, yeah it's yeah. like Misha Barton's on the hills now yeah. Misha Barton the yeah. face of wet and wild <laughs> exactly exactly but I feel like they could actually come back in like a really authentic way yeah, it's right. kind of like in the same way like Lisa Frank or whatever's like start, starting to come back. it's like interesting how these things are so cyclical mm-hmm, so I feel yeah. like those brands have like real name cachet with like our mm-hmm. generation so it's like how do you bring that back in like a fun and interesting throwback yeah way or at least limited edition or something like that yeah, yeah. okay you have your own podcast work party so if listeners tune in what can they expect to be hearing about I know you just had Amber Heard on the show she's been on our show as well what's sort of the mo of work party the podcast yeah so it's really all about business mm-hmm. so we basically have an expert on so we tackle a different topic so whether it's raising venture capital creating a brand mm-hmm. marketing hiring firing whatever um, we have an expert on for about 15 20 minutes kind of talking to them and then we have a guest on who's like done it, who's mm-hmm. built a company, a brand, et cetera. And I've had, you know, Bobby Brown on, Sarah Blakely, Sophia Bush, Kristen Bell, Rachel Zoe, just like a lot of really great women who have like really compelling stories to share on mm-hmm. different facets of their business. So for instance, with Sarah Blakely's episode, we tackled failure. And she talked a lot about launching Arm Spanx and how like when it first launched, it like was a total fail. The product didn't work, you know, all that stuff, which I thought was really interesting to share because like that was a story that hadn't been told. Mm-hmm. And then how they relaunched it, redid it, reinvigorated the product and like came back bigger and better than ever. So I think I think it's always interesting to kind of take like a point in time or a specific topic with these women and kind mm-hmm. of go deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And what's been the most popular episode so far? What do you think mm-hmm. people love about it? I mean, the most popular episode is Tan France. So we did a live... French Tucket, baby. uh, We did a (laughs) live episode with him at South By that was like one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. He's amazing mm-hmm. and so funny, but actually had really incredible entrepreneurial advice as well because okay, he's cool. actually owned and run different businesses. So definitely tune in for that one if you want to like LOL. Oh my, my. pause for a moment for a quick coffee break. So today we're going to be talking to you for just a couple minutes about magic mushrooms and not the psychedelic kind. (laughs) Definitely not. I'm sipping on my coffee here, but it's not my usual coffee. No, what's in the cup? Mm. Tell us. So this is from Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a brand that we discovered at Sephora last year. Yeah, we did. They're genius marketers, so they know all the cool places to be. Yeah. I love the way they've just drilled down on mushrooms though, because they have so many different offerings. They've got coffees, they've got cocos, they've got the lattes that are kind of more like a tea yeah, and a huge range of mushrooms, just tapping into that antioxidant, anti-inflammatory properties. Yeah. They really are all about functional mushrooms and adaptogens and incorporate them into these mainstream drinks. So my favorite that I'm drinking is the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee Mix with Lion's Mane and Chaga. To confirm, this is actually coffee. Tastes like coffee. Doesn't taste like mushrooms. No, it does not. And it's 100% 
organic Arabica coffee beans. So it tastes really good. And I love that it has lion's mane and chaga mushrooms in it. Those are known for the brain health benefits. I love that I'm getting my caffeine kickstart in the day, but also doing something good for my brain health Yeah, with that anti-inflammation. We need that before recording. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. What um, are you drinking? So I don't drink coffee though, yeah. but uh, I'm really enjoying the golden latte mushroom mix with shiitake and turmeric. Mm, I've had that. It's good. It tastes more like turmeric, mm-hmm. which a lot of us will go out and buy like a shot of it here or there just to give that little bit of an extra kick. And it also has the anti-inflammatory properties, antioxidant and antimicrobial. And I'd love to try it over ice because it's so freaking hot. Yeah, with coconut milk, it would Mm. be really, really good. So Four Sigmatic has a special offer for Breaking Beauty listeners. If you head to foursigmatic.com slash beauty, you can receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash beauty. So head on over to foursigmatic.com slash beauty or use discount code beauty at checkout. Now back to today's show. So female empowerment has like been a central theme for Create and Cultivate. It read in your bio that you were able to sort of turn distrust into determination and frustration into fuel. What was your experience coming up in the workplace that led to this moment where you really wanted to break out and do your own thing? Can we talk about some of those maybe negative like experiences? Real talk. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I was actually like living and working in New York City, was like on the corporate track for sure, was working at different companies, was transferred out to LA, was working at this job and like got laid off. So it was really interesting because one, I was like always the girl that was killing it at her career. It was really successful. Like that's, that was who I was and who I identified as personally, professionally, et cetera. And then essentially getting laid off, like shattered all of those kind of notions. And I was in a city I just moved to where I had no connections or relationships. And it was like all entertainment focused. And I was like, I know nothing about that. So it was really kind of a pivotal moment to when I reached out, started like seeing if I wanted to do some freelance stuff, was looking for jobs and really starting a company kind of fell into my lap. It was never something where I was like, I'm going to break out on my own and like start this business. I was just kind of like, I don't know what's happening. Like I was like upset and like trying to figure it out, getting clients, kind of navigating it. And then like one thing led to another. Um, and it was like, I got more clients. I was able to hire employees. I was able to like get office space, you know, all those different things that kind of happened. I ended up bringing on a business partner that didn't end up great. Um, so I ended up breaking up with that business partner ended up kind of putting like the, I like moved to Portland, had like an existential crisis, like came back. I was like, I'm going to work for Nike. And then I like moved back and I was like, never mind. I'm going to keep running this business. Like it's never a straight path. Like mm-hmm. there's a, that, you know, kind of image where it's like entrepreneurship A to B, like straight line. And it's like mm-hmm. curly and it goes all over yeah. the place. It's like, actually it's more like this. It really is. Um, and then my first business, I ended up running for seven years until I sold it, um, which is an amazing success story and like so exciting and awesome. But there was like so many ups and downs to getting to that point. Um, and then I started creating cultivate. And so now I'm still in the ups and downs of running my second company, different types of ups and downs. Um, but yeah, it's constantly, it's really challenging. Like, you know, being an entrepreneur, I think has been, I think a lot of people want to be faces of companies, not entrepreneurs where they kind of get all the, they speak on the panels and they get to do all the fun stuff and they get to all the cool dinners and like, look, that's amazing. And that's part of it. Um, but the day-to-day grind of building a business specifically a self-funded company, which is what we are is hard AF and like hiring a team is hard. Getting people to like execute on your vision is hard. It's very, it's very, very difficult and very rewarding at the same time. But I think, you know, in the age of social media, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what it takes to be an entrepreneur and understand because 
people love seeing a success story, but people also love seeing people fail. And I think it's very true of, unfortunately, specifically female entrepreneurs, like media and, you know, people on Instagram, haters, whatever, like they like to come for you and try to like Mm -hmm. take down your business. And like, we have this happen to us all the time. And I'm like, we're literally just trying to empower women. And like, people will, you know, want to, take that away. So it's like, it's a hard thing. And that's, I'm sure that's true of every single Mm -hmm, type of mm -hmm. company you're in. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs post things where like, you know, someone's knocked off their product or like, you know, something's happened where, you know, things didn't get shipped out in time and they have like 9,000 comments where people are like, and I see it all the time and it's like, it's hard, it's hard work and it's your name on the line Mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think to your point, um, we had a guest on Tomi from, uh, she's the founder of makeup by melanin girls. And she just said, there's this whole culture around celebrating entrepreneurship. Like it's, you're, you're like a hero, you know, you're like killing it. And like, there's, it's just like, um, what was the word she used to describe it? It's like, um, entrepreneurship porn or something. Yeah. Something like that where yeah. she's just like it's this like facade yeah. where everybody's like killing it and up at 5am it's the grind I've already meditated like <laughs> it's yeah. like you know just I'm like celebrating meditated. this like archetype yeah. essentially yes. of an entrepreneur right. yeah and she's just like she's it doesn't like, exist and that. it's actually dangerous it's so really. dangerous yeah it's so so dangerous and I try to that's why I always say when everyone's like what's your version of self-care I'm like I don't know I work a hundred hour weeks yeah. I work on weekends like I interview actually Kristen S on my podcast and she's killing it too I should have mentioned her like talk about social and amazing and whatever. And she's a good friend of mine and did my hair for a very long time. And now she's like, can't do it anymore because she's really busy. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but she was saying, she's like, I've missed births, birthdays, baptisms, whatever. Like, yeah. because it's like, all I do is work and hustle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like when I was interviewing her, I know her personally and I'm like, you are the hardest working person I know, mm-hmm. but like on the gram, you don't necessarily get that vibe. And, e- and even me, I'm guilty of that. Like I, you know, I don't always show like Cause you don't want to show like the hardships of yeah, your business yeah. on Instagram. You're like, well, today was terrible. And like yeah. this person quit and I don't know what I'm going to do guys. We're figuring it out over yeah, here. Like, yeah. it's like, no one wants to show that. I get yeah, it. They just come on. They're like, we're killing it. And this is yes. how I do it. You know, even last year I was like, I haven't seen my friends in so long. Like, yeah. and it's like, what's the means to the end. And I think I'm like in a new phase this year a little bit because we're scaling the company, which is amazing. And part of that scaling is because like, I'm doing so much. I'm still doing so much. Any business coach and like my partners and everyone's like if you want to like build a real company and like keep moving forward you have to like bring on this other infrastructure and it's like that constant battle of like more team members making more money having yeah, you know it's scaling. like it's it's very stressful and it can be amazing you know and I think we're like in that path to get there but it's like it's really really difficult and I think I, yeah I think the entrepreneurial porn or whatever that you guys were talking about is so true it's yeah. it's it's way too much I think it has to stop and then on the flip side I feel like there's a lot of now like the new thing is like look at all the bad things in my life. Like now everyone's sort of like, well, I'm suffering and I'm, it's like this spectrum of like, everything's really bad or everything's really good, but there's like no in between. Maybe attention seeking right. a bit. Yeah. Exactly. So this is a bit of a tough question, but from my personal experience, like before I went out on my own as a freelancer and quasi entrepreneur now, you know, I, I worked in magazines. So I, and I worked for over a decade through the devil wears Prada mm. kind of phase Era, of yeah. magazines, right? The black cars and all that. And I'll be honest, it was a little bit toxic. It was a lot of women. And I hate to say that because I want to be about I want to be here for mm-hmm. female empowerment. But it's really hard when you get that culture driven into you. Do you have any advice for people who maybe now are entrepreneurs managing new people? And like, how do you rewire 
and like take steps in in just breaking the wheel to steal a phrase from Khaleesi. Yeah. You know? I mean, I I wish I knew the answer. I think it's really difficult. And I think like I grew up, I actually interned at Condé. I was a journalism magazine major and I interned at Condé like I was at Allure and Self and whatever. Yeah. And it, it... So you know this. Well. I know. Like that narrative <laughs> is very true to life. Yeah. Like, and I think also any women that I worked for, like that were in older positions were like, you're a threat. Like I'm keeping you down here. Right. And I think that was the mentality. I do think that's changing, which I think is a good thing, like where it's mm-hmm. a little bit more inclusive and like we want to see women rise to the top. So I think that's good. But I think it's really, really difficult to, yeah, I think it's hard to get people on board. I mean, men, women, whatever. Like I think there's this nature of competition that's going to happen. I think there's also the challenge of, and this is something that I face a lot of being a woman in power and being firm in what you want. I get a lot of, I'm like, Hey, this needs to be done by this time. And it's like, she's mad at me or mm-hmm. she's upset. And it's right. like, I'm not upset. I'm the bot. Like that's, and I think this like narrative of like bitch versus boss, which I have in my book work party, I talk a lot about it. People are still grappling with that yes. and trying to understand like women need to be able to be authorities and authoritative yes. and not be perceived as being bitchy or bossy or whatever it is. And I think that's something that still happens, like even within our own company, that's a struggle and trying to figure out how do we get past that? Well, there you. was a, there was that meme that was out like maybe a couple of months ago, the cut posted about it. And it was like the basically ascension of exclamation points. And like what <laughs> it was like, good job, period. It's like, they hate me. Oh my God. And if you had like two exclamation points, you were like in the safe zone. Three, you were like really killing it but good job period like sent Ugh. people spiraling yeah yeah it's like you're done yeah. you're done like it's so insane <laughs> so to me good. and I think it's something that needs that needs to be people need to be more aware of that and like understanding that and it's trying to figure that out and I think also it's just like we're in this new culture of and this is something that I'm like experiencing I've experienced over time but like I'm 34. So like my experience and like some of the older women, we have a very similar experience with work. So we approach work very similarly and like Mm -hmm. with the same type of attitude. Women in their 20s, it's a little different. Like, and not to say like everything's bucketed in one thing, but like they're, they have a whole different vision of work because they've seen people grow up monetizing their likeness and their ideas, their ideas. So I think it's a little, which is amazing. Like it's insane that you can make six figures and be an influencer and like, that's your business. And that's great. And I think a lot of them think that's like, they have a hard time grappling with the nine to six Mm -hmm. and like, they want a job, they need money, but like, they're still kind of trying to build their personal brand. It's like, it's a really, that's also like a challenging thing too, of like, I don't think a lot of people anymore want to help execute on someone else's vision yeah. because they're like, Mm -hmm. I just want to execute on mine and like do my thing, which is like not a bad thing per se, but it's just challenging as someone who's trying to build a team. Yeah. Like when you're trying to figure out that, I think people have to realize that if you want to go out and be successful at that personal brand building or whatever, the best way to up your chances of success is to go out and get experience, real life experience. And you know, that's something, you can get like nobody wants to really work for big corporate I get that but you're going to get experiences that you can take with you for life and that's beyond the paycheck you know take it I mean that's how I feel I I mean I really had four years of work experience before starting my own company which Mm -hmm. is probably why there were so many you know ups and downs but I was like self-taught in terms of like Mm -hmm. how to deal with things how and you get better over time but I think that's absolutely right like one if you want to run your own company work for a startup yeah work for a startup 
absorb all the knowledge, get close yeah. with the founder. Let them make the mistakes it, first. Like, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. Like, I think that's right. And I've had a few girls that have worked for me that have done that, like very like poetically, like come mm-hmm. in, work their asses off, ask all the right questions, done really good work for me. And then been like, I'm going to go do my own thing. And I'm like, get it girl. But then, you know, there's people that where it's just sort of like, it's a different mentality going into it. But yeah, I mean, I think, and exactly right. Like I always say, if you have a corporate nine to five, think of that as like your investor in your company. Like mm-hmm. they're giving you money until you're learning from them. And then eventually you save up enough that you can do your own thing. Yeah. I think that's great too, but I, I fully agree. I think that's so important. Totally. Totally. Oh, I could just talk to you all day. I know. <laughs> I'm like, where are we need to... <laughs> What's the best piece of uh, management advice you've got? Because I, I think we actually, we just did a listener survey and there were a couple of salon owners that were asking about managing other people and keeping people happy and stuff. And you said yourself, you're kind of like self-taught in that arena. Is there something you've learned that you can pass on? Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think it's like kind of twofold. Like one is that I, you have to create chain of command, um, which is something that I think I didn't do for a very long time. So basically it, what that means is like, when you're the boss and like you're running companies, like you want everyone to be able to come to you. You want everyone to talk to you. There's no way to grow your business in that way. So you have to put into place levels and chain of command in the sense of chain of communication. Like who reports to you, who reports to them? Like, cause if everyone's reporting to you, you'll never get anything done. So it's trying to figure out that barrier. Um, and that chain of communication I think is really important. And I think the other thing is, is just knowing your boundaries with employees. Like I think some of the mistakes and even like, again, this isn't for me, but like I see other senior leaders, in my company sort of do this. And I've seen it at other companies too, where they just become friends with the people they manage, mm-hmm. which look like every, I get that like friendship, it's good to find friends, like the whole thing, but like then the respect mm-hmm. and the power dynamic is lost. So I think it's really about setting up senior leadership for success to say you're managing a team. They, cause essentially once that barrier is broken, then it's like, we're all friends and like, we all want the same thing. And like, I'm asking you to work late, but you're mm-hmm. like kind of mad now. Like it's like you lose all control. <laughs> like at that point. So it's about like power dynamics, chain of command, but also like being a human. Like, I think that's like the biggest part of it for me. And and this goes for just anything in business. Like at the end of the day, angry clients, mean emails, whatever. I always am like, there's a human at the other end of that. That's just trying to do their job. Mm. And understanding that and coming from a place of empathy, I think works really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same for employees is like, you want to be able to set strict boundaries and have protocol because the moment you're just like, yeah, you can go do that. And like, you can go do this. And then it's like, everyone's just starting to do it as you grow and build a company, but understanding like, look, there's things that are just human that are going to take precedent Mm -hmm. and that, you know, you kind of have to think about. Let's do some fun rapid fire now yeah. coming off the, the stresses of work. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to ask this one um, okay. off the top, which is who's a voice in social media that everyone should be listening to right now? Mm, Justina Blakeney. I love her. I don't know if you guys know her. She's mm-hmm. like an incredible interior designer. She has a book. She created the Jungalo, which is like this really fun thing. Her social media, I feel like is so authentic and so amazing. And she actually just did a post recently on call out culture and how she's like, it needs to stop. Like Mm -hmm. where everyone's just like, versus, Hey, like I saw you did this, you know, this was my work. Can you repost or whatever it is? Like everyone's just like call out immediately and like blasting Mm -hmm. stuff. I think that's, I thought that was so poignant and, and her feed is just like, you know, interior porn. It's like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I need inspo. I'm going to follow right away. I need some jungle advice. (laughs) What's the last emoji you sent? 
Uh, I send the sparkle emoji a lot. Like yes. everything's just like a little sparkle. Oh, I love it's a good that. one. Is that like a text or in Slack? A uh, Slack. Yeah. Slack, I'm all about the gifts though. I yeah. like love doing, um, like I do kill me gif like three <laughs> times a day on Slack. <laughs> do you have a pet? Oh my God, I do. His name's Noah. He's the love of my life. He's a six-year-old Yorkie poo and he's so misbehaved. Like he will, he has such separation anxiety. He barks at everything. I brought him to the office. He like peed on a wall. I was like, oh my God. And it was so funny because we just started allowing dogs and everyone's dogs like a full angel. And mine was like the terror that was like running around barking at everyone. But he's, yeah, he's the best thing in my life. And what's the last gift you give to somebody? Ooh, well, my sister's about to give birth literally like tomorrow. Um, So I got her the owlette sock, which I don't know if you guys know what this is. And it's mostly because I'm paranoid psycho, but it's a sock that the newborn wears that has this technology in it where it'll text you if their like heart stops beating. It's so dark, (gasps) but it's like, I need to know. Like I was like, I need, I was like, I'll just download the app. You don't have to have it. And then I'll just call you like if it happens. But I'm like, I was like, look, like I need to know, like, this is SIDS prevention. SIDS prevention. But also wow. my, like, even with my dog, like the first like month I had it, I was like, are you alive? I was like, just staring at it sleeping. I'm like, are you still alive? So are you put the alive? socks on the dog. I'm going to put an owl on my dog and see what happens. Like I legit, that's actually I like love the this best idea. idea. Well, shout out to whoever invented Owlette. Yeah. yeah that's so cool. That's great. Yeah. What's the most cherished item in your wardrobe? Ooh, in my wardrobe. I'm digging your Proenza t-shirt right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We'll I'm get like, a, sh- we'll get a photo. Surprise. It's not it. stained. Um, yeah, no, my, hmm, that's a good one. I, you know, it's funny. I had a lot of vintage. I was like in a vintage phase in like my twenties and I did really well for myself. I have a lot of like Oscar de la Renta vintage and stuff that I like never wear anymore, but it's like in my closet. My husband's always like, what is this? I'm like, just leave it. Um, but I ha- I got this amazing um, Oscar de la Renta tuxedo shirt that like just is like gorgeous and amazing. And it's probably from like the fifties. And yeah. I just like keep it in my closet. Oh my gosh. I have an Oscar de la Renta tuxedo dress <gasps> that I'm currently I wish I had it in my car because I would go and get it for you because I'm giving it same. away oh my I just God. did a massive clothes clean, clean out and it was a, it's vintage and it has this really deep plunging V that <gasps> practically goes to your you know your belly button um it's so f- great but when I was cleaning out my closet I was trying everything on because I you know I was holding on to it and I was like this doesn't fit anymore girl I'm not it didn't be. spark joy yeah. no it just doesn't fit I'm yeah. like I need to I, there's no way I'm gonna be that yeah. size ever again <laughs> anyway moving on <laughs> what are three beauty products in your bag right now Ooh, three beauty products in my bag right now definitely I mean I live by the rosebud salve like lip gloss mm. like I love mm. that I think I have Classic. um bye bye under eye from it cosmetics which is like I don't know if you've ever used it oh, yeah. it's what is it? It's magic. It's so good. Jill's in love with the foundation, it's the so brush. And the, when and are we going to get Jamie on the show? Oh, it's like, soon. we shout her out so many times. She spoke at um, Create and Cultivate and was, I mean, her story's unreal. unreal. It's crazy. Unreal. So that's a good one. And then probably Hourglass lip gloss. Mm-hmm. Nice. Great brand. And last question. What was your very first job and did you love it or did you hate it? Oh my God. I loved it. I worked at Banana Republic when I was 14. So, <laughs> and then I like moved up to the like accessories director, which I feel like didn't, wasn't like a thing. It was like $7 an hour. I was like, I gave myself that title, but I, I mean, I loved it. I loved working. Like I was so into it. And like my sister worked at BCBG across the hall and we would be like folding shirts, just like, Hey, like whatever. But I feel like everyone should work either retail or restaurant jobs, like in their life. I I think it's such a good customer service experience that can really lend itself to everything. 
Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like